Friends, the All-Star break is officially underway as the All-Star game and skills competitions have ended and the Jets won't play until the 11th. In the meantime, though, Winnipeg prospects are still up to their uh, their fun and games, especially Brad Lambert, who will talk about his recent hot streak and what we've noticed in some of his games, and then also look towards the future with some interesting contract discussions surrounding Mark Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, welcome to today's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Like I said at the top of the episode, obviously the Jets are kind of in a holding pattern until Saturday, but that doesn't mean that the NHL isn't still moving around. And of course, some of the some of the moving parts involve prospects and stuff, right? You know, thankfully, we're not completely devoid of hockey, uh, although I will say that if you're not really subscribed to some of the other services, you know, stuff like CHL and whatnot, or, or you don't live near some of the rinks, it can be hard to catch some of the action. Now, Brad Lambert, I've been following a little bit on Twitter with some footage and, and some uh, shift-by-shift analysis of what he's been up to, and recently with the Thunderbirds, he's really started to find his, his next-level gear, right? This is a kid that we know is phenomenally talented, and since joining the Thunderbirds, he's rocking seven points in six games, including an overtime winner uh, and four goals, plus a few assists. It seems like he's really started to come into his own, and I think for the Jets, that's really important because Lambert is the kind of kid who really thrives when he's confident and feeling himself. Uh, We know that his decision-making still needs a little bit of work, and so I think the biggest thing is kind of Getting him up to speed in a league that really suits his skill sets allows him to sort of dominate and control games and start to prepare for that next level of hockey. We know that the league stint didn't exactly go super well, but every time he plays for Team Finland, he always torches the competition. So it was it a question of him really struggling with stuff, or was it more like he just needs to play at a level where he can actually be that first-line presence? I think we kind of want to see that, uh, you know, the, the latter in this case, let him build confidence, let him start to uh, really develop the tools and skill sets that he'll need to thrive at the pro professional level, because we know that certainly he's got pro level speed and a pro level shot, but it's just putting it all together uh, in a cohesive package that I think is for him the key to taking the next step. Now, of course, we don't really know if he's going to take that next step with the Jets organization necessarily. Uh, as the Jets are trying to figure out, you know, trade targets and stuff, Winnipeg might be looking to move Lambert in a deal if there's a big enough fish. And I have to say, 
as much as it would pain me, this is kind of what you draft a lot of really good players to do. If you're not going to develop them and use them in your organization, then, you know, if you're a team like the Jets, who are sort of in the late stages of their last competitive window, they could potentially use him as a major trade ship if they're looking to acquire somebody like Timo Meyer. You know, Lambert's best case is he becomes a Timo Meyer. And I think with time and patience, he will eventually be an offensive monster. But unless the Jets are looking more towards the future, Lambert probably won't be playing a major role with the team in the the very near uh, window, I would say. So um, for me, I, I'm kind of thinking Lambert is more on the way out of the Jets if they're chasing a, a major acquisition. It's not guaranteed. It's definitely not something that I think is going to be the the be all and end all of their decision making. But it wouldn't shock me if he's part of a major package if Chevy gets ambitious. And we know that in the past, you know, push comes to shove. Chevy has made some pretty darn big deals, including some ones that were maybe a little bit on the surprising side. I think the Stastny one, the first time it happened, that one was kind of out of left field, but it ended up paying dividends for a Jets team at the time that was rolling and really you know, full steam ahead with an amazing team. So I will be sad if Lambert leaves. Uh, I would also be sad if Lucius leaves. But so long as the right caliber of player is coming back, I, I think I would be pretty chill with that. Um, but of course, I'm talking about like a Meyer or something. It can't be, uh, you know, a, a Jonathan Taves or something, which I don't think Chevy would really trade uh, any high end assets for a player like that anyways. You know, Taves and, and Richie and some of these other guys, you know, they're they're mostly third or fourth liners, depth players, not real big difference makers. So I think for the Jets, if they're chasing somebody major, you know, that's when you kind of cash your chips in and you start going big, which, you know, Meyer certainly fits that bill. And it feels like the Jets might generally have an inside track there, but remains to be seen if Winnipeg makes that deal uh, before the trade deadline. I'm kind of hoping that they do and, and that they have some kind of an extension, maybe uh, longer term locked up, I would say, just because, you know, Dubois seems like he is still committed to leaving at some point, going to Montreal. And the Jets really have a team that I think is is closer than it is far from being really fun and really special. So something to keep an eye on as the uh, the trade deadline continues to roll towards us. But in the meantime, some interesting stuff has happened to kind of maybe set the, the market for for centers this, you know, in the upcoming free agency market. Um, you know, a lot of these contract extensions for the Jets are going to be heavy hitters. And we're going to take a look at a couple of them uh, for the Jets that I think might have some some warning flags and some interesting impact from the recent Bo Horvat deal, which we'll also go into in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost to my daily routine and something to fortify my immune system. If you have no idea what AG1 is, it's just one delicious scoop stirred in a cup of water that helps you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you're, you know, with dietary restrictions from dairy-free or gluten-free stuff, or you just want keto, paleo, or vegan uh, as part of your lifestyle, it's perfect for you. It's got no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, they avoid all the artificial additives, and it contains less than one gram of sugar, which is fantastic for those of you who are trying to, you know, cut down on carbs and make sure that it is dietary restriction-friendly. 
And, you know, for a lot of you, you might also be thinking, is it cost conscious? Best answer, yes. It costs less than $3 a day, which is a lot cheaper than those cold brews you might be used to drinking. And best of all, it still tastes just as good. Athletic Greens comes with over 7,000 five-star reviews, so don't just take my word for it. It's used by professional athletes, trainers, just about everyone out there who's really interested in fitness and uh, nutritional health. And best of all, you know, it comes with tons of multivitamins and minerals, everything that you need to get your day started. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I just alluded to a, a short moment ago that, you know, Bo Horvat recently got a contract extension, and this does have ramifications not only for the rest of the league, but for the Jets. Uh, so Horvat got eight and a half by eight, and he's not even played a game for the Islanders yet. I think in a vacuum, I, I look at this deal, and I'm already seeing a lot of warning signs with this because Horvat has traditionally been something of like, I would say a 50 to 60 point center for the Vancouver Canucks this year. He's, you know, over a point per game, but you look at his shooting percentage and you're kind of thinking to yourself, that's got to plummet and and come down at some point, right? Players like him, you see have shooting percentage spikes, you know, maybe they're 27, 28, maybe 29 even. And teams are like, Oh, we got to lock this guy up long-term he's in his prime. But then they find out really quickly that that's not really the case. Uh, That, that level of productivity that you saw at the, um, by high time is, is actually not really indicative of what you're getting on your team when you bring him in for the next several seasons. Now, Horvat may very well defy this and actually be fantastic and, and continue to pump out tons and tons of points. But my, my suspicion with Horvat this year is probably more of an anomaly. I think he's still a very good player. I just think he's kind of more in the second line bracket rather than, you know, eight and a half by eight pointing more towards like a first line center. And I saw somebody, I think it was Andrew Berkshire who was saying, you know, it was interesting that you see all these guys uh, signing long-term without even playing a game. And they said, he thought it was kind of like weird. Right. And I think for most players who are like really elite players, that might be true with Horvat though. I kind of feel like in a lot of ways, it makes sense uh, from your agent's perspective, right? You get this offer and you're looking at Horvat's history of, of success and you're seeing that he's not really playing at a level that justifies anywhere near a contract this big. So as soon as the Isles pushed it on the table, look, New York might not be the best team and it might eventually start to rebuild. But if you want guaranteed money and job security, this may be a deal that actually makes a lot of sense from Horvath's perspective. It does lock him into a team that may not be great for many years, but you know they're generally a team that at least makes the postseason. They've done so time and time again. And uh, I I don't know. For me, it just feels like Bo is looking for a place to settle. It gives him peace of mind and job security. And that can be really important for NHLers who are maybe, you know, having a career season and looking to cash out. Now, I said that this would potentially impact the Jets. And I think when it comes to Shifley and Dubois, both of these deals are going to be 
probably something really similar. I think Dubois very clearly is in the eight and a half million bracket, uh, although I don't think it's going to be the Jets that give him this deal. Uh, I think Montreal or wherever he ends up uh, are, are going to be the ones to have to foot that bill. But all the same, let's just assume the Jets do resign him long term. I think eight and a half is certainly uh, probably where he settles at. Now, the question for term might be more like six years. I don't think a max eight year kind of thing would be, you know, what the Jets would be going for here. But uh, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Very interesting for, I guess, the haves more so than it is for the Jets. I think the contract that would be um, of particular relevance for the Jets, though, that's going to be Shifley's negotiations. Mark is definitely going to be asking for a big raise. Uh, He's making what, like six million right now? He basically got something akin to McKinnon's earlier deal. And now he wants to get paid like a superstar. And I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, if Shifley's asking for nine to nine and a half, that's kind of where I'd say I'd personally be out. I love Mark, and I think that he's a really big difference maker for this team. But, you know, looking at the cap considerations and, you know, Winnipeg's long-term financial picture, I don't know if that's the kind of salary you want to commit to. Even eight to eight and a half is a little, little bit pricey, right? Uh, but by the same token, you know, it depends on how the Jets want to approach the seasons beyond 2024. If they're thinking a rebuild is kind of in order, then yeah, you really can't keep Shifley around for that process because, you know, at this point, he's kind of on the downswing of his career. He's looking for a competitive team. And if the Jets are trying to rebuild or retool or something, I don't think, you know, having him waste those those last remaining really productive years before he starts that downward slide makes a lot of sense. But I'm not in their strategic planning office. I know that Shifley has been, uh, you know, a, a lifelong servant for this Jets team and has been rejuvenated by the coaching staff change. So maybe they think he really should be, you know, a team leader, uh, somebody that they bring back and, and certainly build around. But yeah, like somebody said, you know, I, I've, I've had contradictory thoughts. One of you commenters astutely put that out there. And yeah, that's kind of 100% where my mindset is. I really don't know what the right choice is because I feel like, you know, Logically, in a lot of ways, there's evidence against resigning Shifley, but the fan side of me is like, yeah, but he's also your your first line center, and you don't really have an immediate replacement uh, in line. But you know, there's also the thought that you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you no longer have flexibility and you end up with yet another Wheeler deal. I don't think his is going to age uh, as badly as quickly, but you never know. It's something you have to be aware of and careful for, and you know, you want the Jets to have as much flexibility as humanly possible. Now, speaking of flexibility, uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, someone you know that, that has been recently kind of thrown about in some of our, our, our chats on Twitter and stuff, is Anthony Manta a player that the Jets should acquire, and why or why not, right? Is he really, and very secretly, one of the big sleeper trade targets for a team like the Jets who want a big body and a big shot? We'll talk about, you know, Mantha's kind of recent track record and whether or not he makes sense for this team in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America. And of course, if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. 
You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So for those of you who are thinking about Hertz versus Mahomes, you know, do you think Mahomes' ankle has going to be um, is going to have recovered enough for him to touch, you know, toss like four touchdowns? Do you think Hertz is going to torch that KC uh, secondary? I personally don't really know. I'm kind of leaning towards Hertz being the guy to, you know, maybe score three plus TDs, but maybe you want to take the under. Hard to say. These defenses have been surprisingly good this year, so something to keep an eye out. But no matter what bet you place, FanDuel remains safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get instant payouts for your winnings. FanDuel right now is super easy to join. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up really quickly with some thoughts on a, a player that I think is very intriguing for the Jets, somebody who has kind of flown under the radar in terms of guys that maybe you acquire uh, at the trade deadline. I'm personally a big fan of this player, though I think recently things haven't exactly gone according to plan for him. Uh, in between injuries, healthy scratches, and just general bouncing around the lineup. Winnipeg is is definitely kind of looking at a player who is more of a project, but somebody who has a lot of potential, who just a few years ago was, you know, about a, a little over half a point per game, but had 20 plus goals, was a monster forward, was seemingly the sky being the limit for him. And now he kind of looks a little more modest and maybe not doing so hot this year. And, you know, Anthony Manta for me, I, I think he could really kind of feast with this team. I think this year he's had, you know, a, a weaker shooting percentage. Things haven't quite been as easy for him, I would say. He's kind of getting into, you know, the older years of his prime. And, you know, with the Caps, things haven't exactly gone as smoothly as they'd like. You know, he and Verona both have had issues uh, in, in terms of, well, with Verona, it's probably been a lot of stuff off the ice with uh, Manta, as far as we know, it's mostly been on the ice. You know, his points production is definitely down. His shooting percentage has taken a little bit of a step back this year. It's not terrible, but, you know, typically for a guy who was expected at one point to be one of Washington's premier top six snipers, hasn't really panned out that way. He had a good streak starting off for the Caps and then got injured, and then the next season only played, you know, less than half the games. So realistically, you're looking at a guy who kind of is bringing more middle six value, but you're sort of banking on the upside that the version that the Jets get is a guy who can play on your power play, who can really dominate and be a two-way force uh, in possession, especially at even strength. And I think, you know, with a guy being 6'4", booming shot, uh, tends to be a play driver on the wing, can really help and spearhead your transition game while also chipping in some pretty handy uh, goal-scoring opportunities he is a very interesting by low candidate. If the Jets can't get a Meyer, uh, or if they even even if they can get a Meyer, you know, and you're looking for like a middle six option, right? Mantha could potentially be uh, a genuine play, depending on how much cap space the Jets have by the trade deadline. Now, Mantha, I don't know. I feel like his injury history does concern me a bit. You know, would he be available for the rest of the season? Would he actually make it to the postseason? I don't know. I think his shoulder tends to be an issue for him, but 
if he were to be uh, you know, available on the cheap, maybe a third round or a second round pick or something gets it done. I really don't think he'd be that expensive, relatively speaking, but the Jets also don't have as many of their picks as they usually do this year. I think the second might be one of the ones that they've traded. I, I don't entirely remember off the top of my head what the Jets do have in stock, but I know at least the first is there and you would not have to pay a first for Mantha. A dude that's getting healthy scratched and has a cap hit of like what, five or six million or something. Um, I, I can't imagine that, uh, you know, Mantha is in real high demand and I don't think the, the caps would really be looking for that much for somebody to take them off their hands. Uh, it's really a shame because I'm, I'm very much a big fan of Mantha and I think that he is a pretty darn good player, but you know, with the term being what it is, the points production being where it's at, I think they pretty much want to sever ties quickly and move on. It, it's not really been the right fit. And uh, Mantha, frankly, deserves a fresher start somewhere. So maybe it's the Jets. He he has another year uh, up through 2024. So in terms of the timeline of like your contract and everything, it does fit what the Jets need. I think he would be a player that Bones would personally like and play a lot, but I can't say for sure. Uh, I'm not Bones. I can only hazard a guess as to some of it. So something to keep in mind, but... Let me know your thoughts on Anthony Mantha. Would you want the Jets taking a flyer on him, or do you think he's probably not worth it? Let me know your comments and your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.